Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio, and it's also propitious that we have uh, a former head of a union here with us because this is a big issue uh, involving unions. Doug Ford's government signaling the capping the core public sector wages at 1% over the next three years. Buzz Hargrove, the former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers Union, is half of our roundtable panel. And Catherine Swift is the former head and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, currently spokeswoman uh, for Working Canadians. Thank you both coming in this Wednesday. As always, Buzz, let me ask you, I'll start with you. I mean, when the Ford government decides they're going to cap core public service, that means the teachers' contracts lapsing at the end of August. Uh, some, like Opsu, Smokey Thomas, your buddy, that goes until 2020. And there are myriad contracts. As they lapse, they're going to be capped. This to uh, rein in spending. Appropriate or no? No, absolutely not. It always fascinates me why the uh, governments of all stripes, the solution is... If we're overspending, which uh, Doug Ford is, he's overspending. He can give tax cuts to uh, corporations, tax cuts to the wealthy, but yet he has to attack the the wages and benefits of public sector workers like every other government before him. You'd think they'd come up with something new at some point. Well, you know, having heard from people in the first hour when I first broached this, uh, there were a lot of independent business people who phoned in and said, you know, we've taken a hit over the years, over the last several years. I mean, uh, a 1% cap, we'd be... We'd be happy for that because uh, we've actually seen things go in in reverse. And so, uh, Catherine Swift, I mean, to the question of whether this is fair, appropriate, proportional, or how do you see it? Well, there's been a gob of research done for decades now showing how uh, public sector, if you compare the same job in the public sector to the private sector, you've got quite a big wage and benefit premium um, uh, in the public sector. Uh so there's and also a very large chunk of any government's budget is is wages. Uh, so I don't see how you cannot do something in the wage department. Of course, my belief is the public sector should never have been unionized because that has, I mean, the unions have been very successful in cranking up wages. Let's not forget, public sector workers have way more job security than the private sector has in a recession. What tends to contribute to this differential, the higher pay in the public sector, is that in a recession, the private sector gets, you know, gets kicked down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, people lose their jobs. People take reductions in wages. Uh, freeze would probably sound good. But at, at that time, the public sector continues to get increases and so on and so forth. So over time, that has accumulated into quite a serious uh, wage premium in the public sector. So yeah, something's got to give here. And the 80% of people in the economy who don't work for government, but who pay for government, it's not fair to them to keep saying, oh yes, you just keep giving more, more, more to this protected high Highly job secure public sector, while you fly by the seat of your pants and are paying more taxes all the time because of it. I heard some of your call-in, John, and I, it never fails to fascinate me how business people uh, can say, "I don't want government money. I keep them off my back. Just let me go." Uh, none of them would accept a one percent cap on. Uh, their earnings, yet they're very quick to say, well, stay off my back, but jump on the back of the people who work for government, in other words, who work for other 
uh, people providing important services, and but, I just don't buy yeah, the but logic. In the public sector, you're not taking any risks. A, a business uh, could, you know, basically go broke tomorrow, and uh, for no reason, you know, for, for no blame of their own, because of economic circumstances, things that they have absolutely no control over. Uh, so the notion of, of uh, it's, it's just not a comparison. It's not a logical comparison at all. The public sector in Canada is very, very well paid, has benefits that the private sector certainly doesn't have, uh, paid for by the private sector, um, and there's it's got to be. It's, it's got to be some fairness. I think it's, it's it's a simple question of fairness, and and to have some some parity, some more or less parity. It's never going to be precise, but, right, but between you, compensation, I don't see what's wrong with that. Well, to your point that you made earlier, Buzz, let me ask you. I mean, when uh, there used to be the trade-off that you'd have job security within the public sector and with these unions, and so you would take less. But then the pendulum has swung to the point that Catherine made. Uh, is it not really uh, advantageous that the public sector has both job security, for the most part, and they're also getting a premium in pay and they never have to take a hit? Uh, no. This is one of those occasions. No, again, I, I don't buy the, I never bought that logic. I don't, uh, I don't recall a time when it was so great to be in the public sector. It's been a struggle. Well, that time is and that's now. What, that's what caused <laughs> them. That's what caused them to join unions. But governments just ignore the fact that they're unionized. They ignore the fact that free collective bargaining is part and parcel of a democracy, and they just say, we're going to pass legislation and take it away. Well, the, I don't buy it. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. Well, the public sector unions, though, have never uh, recognized that there are limits to how much they can extort from the private sector, which, again, suffers, you know, just uh, as I mentioned earlier, during a recession, suddenly that business is not only not making 1%, they're losing 20%, which they have to try to make up when, they, when the economy recovers. So it's not a comparison between the two sectors, and there should be some uh, equality and some fairness. Well, in fact, they say that the $72 billion provincial payroll is unsustainable, so they have to uh, effect this now. Why didn't they tell us that when they were running for office? Well, I Why think he telegraphed no, it. They didn't say. He did not say that at all. He, he, was well, he going said to, nobody's going to lose their jobs. Yeah. And when Bethlen Falvey uh, tabling the legislation... He didn't say he was going to give corporate uh, tax cuts. He didn't say he was going to give wealthy, uh, the wealthy in the province tax cuts. There's and no tax attack, cuts to the wealthy. Attack, There's yes, no, there is. They are, no, there is not. There are, so the top classes get uh, tax cuts under his first the, budget. The, no, what the they did was... Uh, economic statement. What they, they did was they did not implement something. There's no cut. They did not implement something that Wynne said she was going to do, and I bet that I bet she wouldn't have done if re-elected. The top, in, in Ontario right now, the top income group, which is around 200 and change thousand uh, dollars, not not shabby money, but also not exactly Warren Buffett territory, uh, they get taxed at 54 point, I think it's 4 or 5 percent. Right. So in other words, over half of their income, is that is that too little? Should it be 70 percent? You know, come on. They're heavily taxed as it is, so it's, it's absurd to say we need more Taxes. Average taxes come nowhere near what the allowable amount is. Once they get all the write-offs and all of the things that they do and get their accountants to work, uh, they very quickly lower that tax. Most of them, like Warren Buffett, don't pay as much as a well, secretary. And that's, you know, that's absolutely uh, the that's way, absolute uh, baloney that's no, been disproved. Oh, yes, it is. It's when the, totally head of the, when the head of the Treasury Board says that this is good news, it's about protecting jobs. So if, in fact, this cap uh, spreads around the ability to sustain these jobs, Buzz, uh, 
that's kind of like the Ray days back yeah, in days again, of old. I, again, I don't buy that logic, John. I don't don't tell me that we can't find a way to pay the payroll and, and protect the jobs of people in the public sector. Short, reduce it where you don't need people. So you reduce increase taxation. By, re, reduce it by attrition. I didn't say increase taxation, but that's certainly an option. There's a lot of people don't pay any taxes in this province. Let's have a look at them first and give them a minimum yeah, amount that they have to pay. Yeah, there's about half that don't, and they're the lower income, low to middle income I'm people that don't wealthy. pay any taxes. I'm talking about the wealthy that don't pay any. Well, that, that, that's a very small group. And some may uh, just decide to quit the province. By the way, the tax issue has come up as well with uh, small business in the country, and Catherine, having headed that particular organization, I want to get your thoughts on how you feel about that. Buzz Hargrove, Catherine Swift with us. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.